Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Kfab Lab. My name's Jack Goodwin and I'm delighted to be bringing you the very best WrestleMania 36 review podcast. Now, here at the Kfab Lab, we have come up with a ranking system to rank each WrestleMania match and segment. So, just like the cancelled exams, we go from A-star to F, with A-star being the very best and F to being the pile of drivel crap that we were used to seeing during the Bobby Lashley Lana Rusev film. Um, but who doesn't love a gimmick? Because we sure do here at the Kayfabe Lab, as each grade has been given an individual gimmick. So, at the very worst, um, we, we start off with F. We have um, otherwise known as GTS. So, for those fans that uh, never watch CM Punk, it means go to sleep. Uh, so this is for the boring segments, which would rather, much rather be back in your mass classes than watching this pile of shit. Um, at E, we have the Jinder Mahal grade, which is for the god-awful ones, for the ones that you really just don't want to sit through, that you're embarrassed, you're watching it with your mum and dad in the background, and you have to pick up, you have to turn off the TV and go watch it on your iPad instead, because you're embarrassed of the stuff that you are watching. At D, we have the Shattered Dreams grade, which is the disappointing match or segment which should have been much better, so you had a lot of excitement built up for it, but unfortunately it didn't live up to those dreams, so hence why it's called the uh, disappointing one. At C, we have the Wrestlemania grade, which is just for the decent, not good, not bad, just, just, eh, basically. Um, at B... Uh, we have the middle card, so we have the mid card, so the good match or segment, it's not amazing, but it's not crap either, it's, it's just good, you, you appreciate for what it is, if you can hear the Honky Tonk Man's theme tune, that is uh, because it, it is, he is the ultimate Mr. Mid card, and at A... We have the Elite Grade, so we're getting to the really good stuff now, which is obviously built for the very good matches or segments, so for the top ones that are getting you off your seat. And then for A, uh, well, it's very simple. For A, we have, a, uh, or A star, shall I say, we have the best there ever is. Yeah, so the ultimate grade, as you just heard from Brett, the Hitman Heart there, which is only given to the absolute cracking set segments, or frankly, which get you off your seat and are the reason we love wrestling and watch wrestling. So I'm going to introduce our guest today. So we are joined by again by Ben Shingler. Ben, how are you? I'm good, mate. Good show. Good show on the weekend. Just uh, ready to get cracking now. Yeah, it was a very entertaining one, and uh, we are also honoured to be joined by uh, Brogan Blair. Uh, Brogan, you're a massive WWE fan, a massive wrestling fan in general. How excited are you to be on the show this evening? Yeah, absolutely buzzing. Uh, I think it was a good show overall, so glad we get to discuss it. Yeah, it certainly was, and uh, we're going to go through each match and segment from night one and night two, the first WrestleMania that uh, went over two nights, rather than just going on the one night. Uh, before we start, um, I want to get your opinions on how how, how you think that went. Uh, it, how do you think the actual show in general went, having it paced on one night and two nights? I think it was unique. I think it's something we'll never see again. And I think we will look back at this maybe in 10, 15 years' time and 
watch it and think, wow, it is, it is definitely something different. So you've got to give it that. And I do think they made the best of the circumstances. I don't think they should have ever postponed it. So I think they made the right decision, personally. Yeah, Brogan. Um, I mean, Ben said there that it's probably going to be the last time that we we see a show over two nights. I I quite enjoyed it because I struggle, especially last year's WrestleMania. I couldn't watch it the whole way through. With us being European fans, I couldn't watch it for six, seven hours straight. So I quite enjoyed the the pacing of it. It was a bit different. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's way too long a sitting, and especially if you're going to see it live. You, you could be sitting in the stadium for up to like six, seven hours just straight paying expensive prices for food and that. I think over two nights, it, it makes the whole weekend exciting and uh, you can have two main events then. So Yeah, certainly. So we're going to go through each match and uh, each segment, uh, which there wasn't many actually on the WrestleMania show. Um, so, Ben, I'm going to start with you, if that's all right. So, we're going to start off with the first match of the whole WrestleMania uh, main card. It was Kabuki Warriors against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, which Alexa and Nikki came out as the new women's tag team champions. What are you giving this one? I'll give it a B. Uh, I think it was a good match, to be fair. And uh, I didn't expect the outcome, and I don't think you did either. I personally thought the Kabuki Warriors were going to win and then maybe challenge the Iconics or Natalia and Beth Phoenix, but they didn't. And uh, we had new tag team champions, so it was definitely something that uh, raised an eyebrow for me. And you've got to give it to Alexa and Nikki. I, I do think they deserve it. And uh, at the start, when this, when this tag team started, I was a bit iffy about it. I thought, oh, what's Nikki Cross doing with Alexa Bliss? But now I actually really like it and I think they could go far. Do you like them as faces or would you rather them do a sort of Kabuki Warriors turn and go heel? I think Alexa's had their time as a heel now. I think it's been and gone after the feud she had with Nia Jax. I think everyone saw what she's like as a heel. I think if you if you reiterated that, you'd just be going back to what we've already seen. I think you're seeing something different as Alexa as a face now. And I think the fans are enjoying it while it's happening at the moment. So I'd say face for me. Yeah, uh, so uh, we've gone with the mid-card for Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning the Women's Tag Team Champions. Okay, Brogan, coming to you, the first match of uh, the Sunday show or the Monday morning show, Rhea Ripley against Charlotte. What are you going for? I'm also going for a B. I thought it was it was it was a good match. It wasn't anything special, really. It was just kind of you know just following the same sort of formula. A lot of matches in the women's division after a while. So Rhea, Rhea looked really strong against Charlotte, especially. So yeah, it was a good match overall, and Rhea got some good exposure. Yeah, and something that has split opinion is the finish. Charlotte Flair coming out as the NXT Women's Champion. A lot of people assumed that Rhea would have got the big the big win against Charlotte, which would have been massive for her. What what do you think of the actual finish? Uh, well, I think Rhea, Rhea's only just got it, really. So I think she should have probably held on to it for a bit longer. But if this leads to a feud with Charlotte and Rhea in NXT, then I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, and uh, one... And I just... In general, just Charlotte... Infused with anyone in NXT, it's uh, like I, I think her best work was in NXT, or and like just transitioning into Raw. So I'm definitely up for that. Yeah, there was some certainly good stuff in a uh, time at NXT. So we've had two mid cards at the moment, which is why you can hear Honky Tonk Man going on. Okay, but I believe we're not going to go that high for the next one, are we, Ben? Uh, Baron Corbin against Elias. 
No, definitely not. In my opinion, I like both of them. But um, it was such a pointless match for me. and it, There was no real rivalry in there. And I thought the only thing that might do this match some justice, if it was a pummeling from Baron Corbin and him showing his worth, maybe get the title run in the future. But he didn't do that. I thought he was going to show us what he's worth. But Elias came away with a win, which I, I thought was also a pointless win for Elias. I didn't think he needed it. I think Baron Corbin probably needed it more. So, yeah, I wasn't impressed with it myself. And I think that's why they put it near the, near the start to get it over and done with, really. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't the greatest match at all. And I don't think we can go into too much depth about it anyway because it wasn't the most exciting thing. OK, right. Um, I think we kind of followed the same format from the first night and the second night. So with Ben, they followed with the more meaningless match being the second one. I, I think you could say the same about this one, Brogan, the second one for you. Yeah, Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley, Like on paper, it seems like it'd be decent because they're both quite you know big physical men. So, you know, big tussle, but uh, I found it quite boring, to be honest. Um I could see the finish coming from a mile off once Lana got involved. So I'm, I'm giving it a C as well because it, it, it didn't excite me that much. It's like you could tell going for a spear and then a black mask is coming and that's it. So, yeah, see. Yeah, and, and previous to all this, this craziness that's gone on in WWE where they've had to perform behind closed doors and the whole world in general, um, they were kind of teasing Lana uh, and Bobby Lashley, a newly wed husband in storyline terms, having a bit of dissension between them. And I, I believe from watching it last night, I feel like they're kind of teasing that again. What do you think of that? Yeah, definitely. There was. It seemed like it was a bit out of nowhere, though. That's the only thing, because up until then, she hadn't said anything really throughout the whole match. So it just, it could have been a bit more subtle with it. But there is defo kind of hints at what's going to come in the future. Yeah, so what are you going to give that grade? Uh, C. Yeah, so you're going to give it the Wrestle-me-nia. Okay, right, the next one. Coming up your way, Ben, is the one, my personal favourite heading into it, um, the one that I wanted to main event, WrestleMania, Shayna Baszler against Becky Lynch. It went a shocking eight minutes, Ben. What do you think of that match? Very shocked, very shocked with the outcome. I thought Shayna was going to come away with the title, but she didn't. But the only good thing I'd, I'd say about that is it looks like we're going to get a big feud now with Shayna and Becky for months to come, which would be good because I don't think, like you said, eight minutes justifies the feud that they're going to have. I think it's going to be a lot longer than that. Uh, as for a grade, I've given it a C. Um, it was a shocking finish. I didn't, I didn't think Becky would beat her, but again... I kind of wanted Shayna to win, and I think a lot of people did. I know you're a big Lynch fan yourself, but even even you've said, haven't you, it's time for Lynch to drop the title and maybe find feuds elsewhere, and she's still got it. So I, th I think it's been stretched on too long now, Lynch is champion. I think they need to move on. Yeah, and, and Brogan, bringing you into this one, um, you're a big fan of NXT. You watch a lot of NXT. Um, so you've, you've obviously seen a lot of Shayna over a time in NXT. She's it kind of been built up as this sort of monster. She's come to the main roster on one of her first nights. She's she well, she beat Becky at Survivor Series. Um, one of the first nights, she's bitten Becky and drawn blood from her, and then she went to elimination elimination chamber and broke the record in terms of eliminations. So, are you are you disappointed by how how the match played out? In your opinion, 
Well, it's like, yeah, she's been built up as this absolute monster in a similar way to how Ronda was when she first joined. Uh, and Becky also beat Ronda, so I, I feel like they're trying to make Becky Lynch the, the Conor McGregor of the WWE um, in a way that she's the one who, who shuts up all these big MMA fighters, and it's it's a bit annoying, but, you know, she's she, can, she uh, Becky Lynch can talk the talk, so overall I'm not too fussed, but, yeah, she could have... I feel like it could have gone on a bit longer, a bit more kind of heavy-hitting, but, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and would you like them to go ahead... And with a Becky and Shayna feud, or do you think with Shayna losing, it's hinting that maybe Ronda's coming back and we're going to see Ronda and Becky? Uh, well, uh, to be honest, I'd like to see a, a Ronda and Shayna feud. feud. That would be very good. But yeah, a, a, a defo rematch. Yeah, I think she definitely deserves a rematch, Shayna, with it being a bit of a dodgy finish. Okay, right, let's move on to uh, you again, Brogan. Okay, so the third match of the night um, on just last night, Otis against Dolph Ziggler. It's one of those matches that you're watching, and it was in front of no no fans, no crowd. It's one of those matches that really needed some fans there to uh, maybe have some pops with some of the big moments in the match. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was I was proper rooting for Otis the whole way through, um, but yeah, without without the fans there, it just seemed a bit kind of dead. Really, I feel like they they could have done some sort of uh, well. I know that I know there was already two kind of cinematic things on the card, but if they did some sort of like comedy sort of skit, sort of like shopping mall fight that Booker T and Steve Austin did, something similar to that, I think that would have been much better, especially with all the fans gone because it needs to there's defo is it's the match that's had the most build up like so without fans there and they were there at the start everybody was getting behind Otis I feel like it fell a bit flat but I still enjoyed the match so I'm giving the only it, uh, thing go, go on. ahead go on man the only thing I'd say to step in in that is, I, I thought after SmackDown on Friday, I, I thought they were going to possibly going to make it a mixed gender tag team. In the end, I thought it might have been Ziggler and uh, Sonya Deville against Otis and Mandy, but it wasn't because I, I, I personally think there is a bit of a feud there to come with Mandy and Sonya as well. So we'll see if that. Yeah, pans definitely. Out. All I'm thinking is I can't wait for the moment that Mandy Rose does a Trish Stratus on Chris Jericho and turns on Otis. If Otis gets like an Intercontinental Championship match or a tag team title match, I can't <laughs> wait for the the stuff that's going to come away from that because I think I think Mandy Rose. Yes, she plays. His, I like Mandy Rose. I think she plays the face character well, but I think as a heel. When she's playing like as a stuck-up bitch, similar to how Trish Stratus used to play it in the early two thousands, I think yeah, she definitely. can really pull off that role. Um, so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the moment that she actually turns on Otis. Yeah, that'll 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 definitely push Otis. Like all the fans will get behind him after that. If if something similar to that happens, yeah, like, no matter I, what, everyone loves Otis. Yeah, because it'd go it'd go both ways. Otis would get you sort of. Um, Zack Ryder sort of push when Ryder was getting his United States Championship, where the fans are on his, you know, trying to get get him opportunities and stuff. Where Mandy Rose will then get the the heel stuff as well. So I think it's it, they've done well with it. I think Dolph Ziggler, with it being his his first singles match, I believe of his WrestleMania career, it's a, it's a strange one for him. But uh, really? yeah, yeah, he's he's been pushing for a, a singles match his whole time for at WrestleMania in the last 10 11 years and it's his first singles match against Otis I bet he didn't predict that 
predict that, <laughs> that one. Doesn't seem right. Um, that what, doesn't what, seem right. That's what, what grade are you giving it then, uh, Brogan? Uh, well, it's not it's not this big stakes match, so it, it did the job. It was it was entertaining. So I've I've, I've given it um, a B because I, I enjoyed it. It was it was entertaining. It was it was funny, and oh, it's got the girl. It was all good. Yes, yeah, so you're giving it the mid-card grade. OK, Ben, moving on to yep. you. Intercontinental Championship match, one of the most hard-hitting ones we saw all weekend. Sami Zayn against Danny Brown. What are your thoughts on that one? Very impressed with this match. It's one of the ones that I enjoyed the most. I've gone with a B. I think everything probably that they were going to do in this match probably went as well as they could have hoped for. Uh, I think most people knew that Sammy was going to retain. The only thing that confused me a bit is that, like we said on the last podcast, we thought maybe one of either Brian and Gulak were winning, then one of Cesaro and Sammy were winning. It was Sammy and Cesaro who were both for their respective matches, which was a bit of a twist. But yeah, as I say, I think everyone expected Sammy to win. I think he's pulling off his role at the moment as really well to be fair I think he's finally getting the credit that he deserves in WWE and I hope it hope it lasts for me for a long time I I, uh, I feel like yeah he's he's playing this chicken shit heel and he's meant to be this cowardly guy but I feel like he's got so much more to give like watching him in NXT when he first debuted with all that Kevin Owens Samoa Joe Nakamura even his match with Nakamura is absolutely insane I feel like he's got so much more to give it and he's doing well as a heel but I feel him as a face is he's the ultimate baby face. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't I can't see him going back to a face, to be honest, personally, because I think he's been built up so well now. And in my opinion, in the future, I think he's gonna be a really good full time manager in the future, you know, after your Paul Amons and your Shane McMahon's I think he's gonna be yeah. the next big one for me. Yeah, but I, I don't want to see him in a manager. I really want to see him just wrestling because he, he's, he's some of his in ring work is absolutely insane, and I just feel like he's been kind of just brushed aside a bit. Yeah, it, it certainly is. I feel like that match on uh, on the first night of WrestleMania, it wasn't a passive torch moment, but. I saw a lot of similarities between the two, and I think it's something that they've always had. Originally, Daniel Bryan in NXT and coming up to the main roster was this underdog role which Sami Zayn had, and they were always good at chasing titles. And then, at like Daniel, Sami had his heel turn, which shocked everyone, and kind of Daniel Bryan went and won the World Heavyweight Championship after getting money in the bank playing this chicken shit heel, which Sami Zayn's doing at the moment. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of similarities between the two. Actually, I don't I don't know whether you see it too. Hey, if, Sa- if Sami Zayn wins Money in the Bank, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on to our next one. Okay, it was one of the uh, main matches of the show. Coming to you, Brogan. You were given this one a high grade. A lot of people online would disagree with you, saying it was a a bit too long and a bit too slow. But it's Edge against Randy Orton, the last man standing match. What are you giving it? Yeah, and I've given it an A. I, I understand what they mean when they say it did it did go on a bit, but the thing is, you've got to bear in mind these are two. They're both they're, both, they're getting on a bit, so they're not going to be as fast paced as they normally are. It was it was more emotion driven rather than kind of in ring stuff. At, at times, I did kind of zone out, so I wasn't I wasn't paying full attention at times. But then the times when it when it was good, it was really good. So like even just the ending, them on top of the uh, the lorry with the chair, like the emotion of that with Edge just kind of looking straight down at Orton, blank faced, uh, Orton just twitching like he's a dead body. It was 
really got me. It was it was brilliant. But then, obviously, there was like the beginning as well. The beginning was absolutely insane with the two RKOs straight away. I, was, I genuinely thought that was going to be it. But yeah, there were bits that kind of could have gone along a bit faster. But overall, I thought it was really good. Yeah, and, and Ben, bringing you into it on our prediction show, uh, you said that you would have given Orton the win to kind of build him up a bit. Were you disappointed to see Edge get the win, or were you happy with how it played out in the end? I think for the fans, it was probably the best idea for Edge to go on and win. I just thought Randy might have gone on and get his push, which he probably <laughs> won't get now. But um, the only thing for me in that match, personally, is I think it would have gone down a lot better in front of fans. I think there's two matches at WrestleMania that, well, maybe if you add Otis, three matches for me that should have been performed in front of fans. I know they can't at the moment, but the, the ones that they should have saved. And it's Ed, Randy Orton, Otis, Dolph and Drew Brock. I feel like they're the three matches for me that really needed some fans. Yeah, they, they probably they probably did, and um, it. But again, we saw different things. We've never seen someone try and hang someone before, like Randy Orton did to Edge, which was a bit edgy. Over than Big Boss Man was it that got hung once in, yeah. in ninety odd. Um, but yeah, that that was a bit bit edgy. But yeah, it was an interesting Quite match. <laughs> something. Um, Something which was good. Okay, let's move on to our tag team match, which wasn't a tag team match. It was actually a triple threat match. Don't ask me why. Um, but because WWE don't know themselves because they never explained it to bloody anyone. So none of the casual viewers would have known. So John Morrison, Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso in a singles match for the tag team titles. Ben, what are we going for? Another good match. B for me. I think going straight to the finish in this one, I think the way John Morrison retained the titles was something I've never seen before. And I think it was a really good idea for them to do that. And as we said on the last show, it would have been really harsh to take the titles off the Miz and Morrison, especially with Miz not even competing. But I still think even with only three superstars competing in that match, they still managed to make a really good match out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, there were some good spots as well. I mean, they made the most of pre-recording it because I think they had a few crash mats along the way but I mean John Morrison tight walking along the rope like a tightrope that was bloody hell that was like something I've never seen before yeah it was it was good John Morrison's been really underrated for me since he came into WWE and now they've brought him back people are starting to realise what he's capable of and I think there is a singles push for Morrison in the future I think at the moment to bring him back into it, they wanted him to maybe get a title, so they've stuck him up with a Miz to get some screen time. But I think there is more to come from him in the future as maybe a single superstar as well. Yeah, so you are giving the mid-card grade to three mid-card wrestlers. Um, which is a bit harsh on Cove Kingston being WWE champion last year. Okay, right, moving on to our next one. It, it wasn't really a match, but it, I guess it, it will count in the record books, Brogan, if there even is a bloody record books. Um, Brogan, Rob Gronkowski winning the 24-7 title. What were your thoughts on that? Oh, you can, you can see it coming from a mile off there, couldn't you? From the first night when he said, oh, I might, I might have got you. Like, yeah, Mojo's going to come get it and then he's going to get it the next night. But, yeah, just harmless fun, really. Just meh, C-grade for me. Yeah, exactly. That's why you've given it the WrestleMania Award. Okay, right, moving on. We're going to stick with you, Brogan, and we're going to move on to um, the high-paced Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory Raw Tag Team title match. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I, I thought it was very good. It was very entertaining. And uh, they they did a very good job of uh, just kind of keeping the silence to a minimum. Uh, just constant noise, talking, shouting, just everything. It's high energy, loved it. Uh, giving it a B. You're giving it a B? And a lot of honky-tonk man's getting played in the background here. Um, what did you think of the ending? Because obviously Street Profits won... But then Garza and Fury attacked them after the match, but then we saw Bianca Belair come to the aid, take out Selena Vega. Um, do you think that's Bianca Belair being promoted to the main roster? Well, uh, yeah, I, th- I think she's ready. I think she's been ready for a while. Uh, I think her teaming with the Street Profits would be very good. It would be very similar to how uh, Carmella was with Enzo and Cass back in the day. Uh, and I think she should like kind of fit in with their vibe, you know, be a good manager, but then also be able to deal with things herself if need be. Yeah, the only the only issue I have with it, not issue, but Bella's obviously done fantastic at NXT. Um, she's done brilliant things down there. She's a great wrestler, great talker on the mic, but. Her going to Raw with the likes of, of the... It's kind of like she's going to be a small fish going in a big pond because you've got the likes of Becky Lynch, Charlotte, who might not be there anymore, but you've still got Becky Lynch, uh, Shayna Baszler, and then you've got Asuka, who's still some some uh, competitor, and then you've probably got Ronda Rousey's rumoured to be coming back to Raw. So I can't realistically see her beating any of Lynch, Baszler or Rousey for a title anytime soon. Well, that's why I'm saying if she if she sticks with the street profits, then it's giving it it's giving her a spot uh, where if she was just chucked in the deep end with all Ronda, Becky, and all that, she'd kind of she's kind of be pushed down a bit on the card. So I feel like if she if she did go with the street profits, it'd give her just TV time and just time to get over and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we're looking forward to a um, Dawkins, Ford, and Belair becoming uh, some sort of trio. Obviously, Bianca Belair is the wife of Montez Ford. So again, they're kind of breaking the kayfabe in WWE by linking up uh, wrestlers. Okay. So we're going to move on to our first high, 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 high ranking of the show as we come to you, Ben. It's Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins. You've given it the ultimate one, haven't you? Yeah, I've given it the A-star. In my opinion, the best match of the weekend for me. Going into it, I didn't think it'd even be recognised as one of the biggest ones, but my God, that match was just amazing. I'm speechless. I I couldn't understand anything that went on in that match. It was just bonkers, especially when Kevin Owens jumped off the WrestleMania side. It It was just amazing and when uh, Seth Rollins walked out as uh, the proper Messiah outfit, I, I loved that. I loved everything about that match. And when Kevin said, um, I was make it a no disqualifications, we aren't finished. I was so happy when he said that. And I think a lot of people were, because that match was not finished at that point, And then he managed to finish it off in, in the end. Yeah, I mean, that's Seth Rollins' outfit. Oh, jeez. I mean, I, when he originally walked out, I was thinking, what's the United States champion Andrade doing out here? I thought there was a lot of similarities <laughs> between those two. Um, but, yeah, that was some match. Brogan, obviously, our first, the best there ever is, the best there ever will be, um, the best there ever was. I said that in the wrong order. But our first grade of that, do you agree with Ben giving that out? Uh, I feel like... I don't. I don't think it's the best match of the the whole weekend. It's the the last 
when they, when they made it a no disqualification match, I really love that. But then I also really love the starting part. But I feel like just in the middle when they, they did just the, the ring bell, I feel like a bit of a cop out. And who who gave Kevin Owens the authority to book a WrestleMania match, stuff like that? So I just feel it, the middle part could have been tweaked a bit to make it a bit smoother. But you know, it, it was a really good match, like both sides though. So I'd, I'd probably give it a B or an A. So not too far off. Yeah, I mean, there was little holes in the story, but, I mean, for Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins to be feuding all the way, all the time since November, and now we're in April, it's it's some 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 achievement that they've been able to hold off a singles match for that long, um, but they could have started with the no DQ um, thing at the start, rather than having to have, have a false finish of sorts. Okay, right, moving on to the next one, Brogan. Fatal five way for the SmackDown Women's Championship and one match that I strongly disagree with your ranking of. Uh, what have you given this one, Ben uh, Brogan? Well, I'd, I'm giving it a D, but I feel a bit tight giving that because I feel like the start was much much weaker than the ending. The ending, I'd probably give a C or a B because I feel like it didn't need to be a fatal five-way. I think it would have been fine as either a fatal four-way or even a triple threat, because the ending with Lacey Evans, I, I genuinely thought that she had a chance there, even though she's nothing to do with the kind of Sasha Bailey, like, will they, won't they feud sort of thing going on. And I feel like they could have amped up the, the kind of tension between Bailey and Sasha a bit more. But I, I, I did enjoy the ending. The ending was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean it was it was a good ending with Sasha going back and helping Bailey. Um, what do you think of the little tease at the end um, with Sasha giving the title back to Bailey? Obviously, they are going to break off at some point. Um, do, do, were you happy that they held it off and they're going to wait until potentially SummerSlam or something like that? Well, the thing is, WrestleMania WrestleMania is meant to be the big one. It's meant to it's meant to have all the, the drama. It's, it's like WrestleMania 17, Austin uh, siding with Vince McMahon after hitting the rock with a chair. But here it's like, why, why, why are you waiting? This is this is the big stage. Do it now. I understand there was no one there. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like they, they should have done it then. They should, because I feel like they should have done a lot more of them kind of disputing during the match. Because it, if it's got... <laughs> got four people getting eliminated then you've, you've got ample time to do it so you might as well put in some small things of like miscommunications and that like instead of just a, a simple push out of the way and stuff yeah so yeah the, the way i'm looking at it obviously they're gonna have some sort of uh, rivalry and, and match down the line they're both heels at the moment um, who turns face in that feud, if you, if you, or tweener, or whatever? If you, or if you were booking it, uh, I'll bring you into it, Ben. If you were booking Bailey and Sasha Banks, would you have them both go as heels? Would it mesh as well, or or would you would you have one turn heel and one to, or one stay heel and one turn face? What would you do? I think for me, if they were going to make Sasha turn on Bailey, they would have done it last night. So for me, I think it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be Bailey turn on Sasha. So I think Sasha will turn face, probably not for long, but just for this feud. But I definitely think it's going to be Bailey turn on Sasha and not the other way around. And I think Sasha's not really had many fans back her since she's come back. Obviously after WrestleMania last year, so I think 
this feud might start get her get her a bit more noticed, get fans on her side again, and if she goes on and wins it, then possibly got to face Sasha champion, which would be interesting. Brogan, would you agree with turning Sasha face? Uh, I, I think it would work with both of them as kind of heel or kind of tweener things, where it's like they're both just. You know, they're both badasses who, who just want to keep hold of the title. And if Sasha... I think Sasha's heel works much better than her face work. Whereas Bailey, I think she can do both. Because she's really surprised as, since turning heel at how good she is after being such a baby face. I feel like both of them as heel would definitely work. Because they're... Once again, going back to NXT, but their matches in NXT, they were absolutely brilliant. Uh, that, that had Bailey as the ultimate face and then Sasha as just the ultimate heel. But either way, I think it, it just be great matches. Yeah, can, can you believe though that Bailey has been champion for over three hundred days now? Eleven months of SmackDown Women's Champion. Can you name me one real good feud that she's had with the title? Nope. <laughs> I mean, Lacey Evans is a half half ass one, but <laughs> I mean, if you... but apart from that, I mean, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 worrying because even though I I think Bailey's done really well as a as a heel and I like a character, it's it's like she's not had any real competition at all. And it, she I, had Charlotte for a while. Yeah, for a bit. I mean, she, didn't she take the title from Charlotte at Money in the Bank after winning the briefcase? Yeah, and then they continued to fight them for a couple of months. And then Bailey obviously came out victorious. And then the only one apart from that for me is maybe Super Showdown against Naomi. That was a really good match. Yeah, I'm not well. disputing they're not good matches, but it, if you let's give it two, three, four years, you're looking back at Charlotte's feuds of the past or Lynch. You can you can name them straight away, but Bailey, I can't, I can't. So I, I don't know whether there's something wrong with Bailey or with the booking team on SmackDown. I, I'm not too sure. Okay, right. Let's move on to another SmackDown-centered match. Uh, ben, um, the one that was not built at all and wasn't explained as to why Roman Reigns dropped out. Obviously, for the right reasons. So fair play to him, uh, making the best of a, a bad situation for him and his family. Goldberg defending the Universal Title against Braun Strowman. What are you giving that one? I've, I've given it a D. I, I don't think it went on long enough for me. I don't, I don't see why they didn't make it longer. Uh, you've got Goldberg on one side and Strowman on the other. You'd think that would be a really good match, but it didn't really take much. Forgot, bearing in mind, this is the guy that managed to beat the Unstoppable Fiend. And he's been knocked off by Strowman in, what, five... Five eight minutes something like that, and two I did want to see two minutes two seconds two minutes. Yeah, awful. Oh dear, there, there we go then. <laughs> the man that beat the fiend has been beaten in two minutes. <laughs> Is there much else to say? Brogan, what what do you think? Well, I feel like now, now that you're saying all this, it's I've realised that the two, the two nights are both very formulaic in like the matches. There's one night you've got a cinematic one. You've got the uh, you've got the, the two minute squash match of the 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 champion, which I think happened with Drew and Brock. Like, it wasn't a squash, but it's like it's the same sort of thing. Uh, and it's just it's it's what you're used to in it. It's just it's bog standard. It's what it's what's been happening for ages now. So it wasn't anything special. 
Because, Brogan, I remember when Goldberg took the title off Fiend and it was honestly one of the... When I was watching it, I can't remember why I was watching it now, but I remember having one of these sinking feelings in my stomach and thinking this is one of the worst booking decisions I've ever seen in, in sports entertainment. Um, do you think it was it was wasted a bit, having Goldberg win it? Because I know you were more, not more to the side of Goldberg should have won it, but you're quite a big fan of Goldberg, you like him. So what did you think of it all? I do like Goldberg. But the thing is, I don't think The Fiend needed the title ever. Um, yeah, I him, completely agree. Yeah, I'll discuss it a bit more when I talk about the Firefly Funhouse match. But yeah, he's he's this mystical being. He shouldn't be fussed about gold straps around his waist. Whereas Goldberg, he's he he had his street back in the day, and then he had titles back in the day. So it makes more sense for him to have it. And he's he's at the moment, I'd say he's a bigger draw than the Fiend. Like the Fiend's better, but I'd say that Goldberg he, he gets more people watching. So it's a smart business decision giving him the title. Yeah, he probably he probably does. To be fair, he probably does give, um, have more of a a, a, a build. But Strowman obviously, he wasn't meant to be the universal champion. Let's let's put that right. Roman Reigns was supposed to be in this match. Roman Reigns was supposed to have the Strowman role. Roman Reigns was supposed to be the main, uh, top dog on SmackDown. Now, how do you think Braun Strowman's gonna cope with being the top dog of SmackDown? Think, I think he'll, he'll give it a good go. I mean, he's, he's he's shown that he can be a heel or a face, and he, he can do whatever, and he's he's quite entertaining to watch. I mean, for for a big guy, he's quite you know like kind of athletic. He can he, he doesn't get tired out to his like big show and that. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I reckon he'll, he'll give it a good go at least. What? And he could be this absolute monster champion who just can't be beaten. Yeah, he could be. I mean, what what feuds? Can you see for him in the future, whether it's drafting superstars from Raw or NXT? Uh, what 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 can you see for the future of Strowman in the Universal Belt? Right, imagine this. Okay, uh, Brock Lesnar comes in, absolutely floors Braun Strowman, and then Sami Zayn comes in and cashes the money in the bank and wins the title. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I reckon he, he's got some good stuff coming now. He's had some decent feuds. I mean. Yeah, I, I can't really predict it to be honest because I don't know what direction they want to go in with him, whether it'll be face or heel with it. But I, rec- I reckon it'll be good. Yeah, Ben, bringing you into it. What do you What do you think? Uh, I, th- I think even though I don't think he'll win because, like Brogan said, I don't think he needs a title. I think Strowman Fiend will happen now at some oh, point. Yeah. Because uh, obviously I think Bray's done with John now, but like, like Brogan said, yeah, I could I could see Brock Strowman. What a match that would be! That that'd be such a hard hitting affair, and that'd have to be played in front of a crowd. That'd just be brilliant to watch. And if Strowman could beat him in front of fifty, sixty thousand people, I think it'd be great for his career and to cement him as Universal t- Champion. Because more than anything, that's what he needs to do now. He needs to show everyone, right? Yeah, I was Reigns as replacement, but I'm going to make good use of it and I'm going to go down his history as one of the best Universal Champions yeah he should definitely have been a world champion earlier I think when he first arrived he was very rusty in the ring but now he's, he's so much more improved and I feel like he could be an absolute monster with the title is it a heel or a face either or either or would work yeah I, I, I personally 
prefer him as a heel. Um, like a second coming of Brock Lesnar sort of character. Yeah. I think he, 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 I don't like this goofy side, like when he won the titles with Nicholas or when he's done dancing with the New Day and stuff. I, I, if he's this face, he's got to still be this monster. Um, oh yeah, I think I think he could definitely do that though. That's the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Right, moving on to our well match segment uh, film episode. I, I'm not I'm not too sure what to call it. It's officially called the Firefly Funhouse match, which I believe. The Fiends won against John Cena. Um, but we're moving on to our second. Yeah, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. So our top, 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 top grade being given out by Brogan Blair for the first time in history. Uh, so what were you so impressed about in this match, Brogan? Well, first of all, I'm a, I'm a film student, so, you know, I'll appreciate it a bit more than other people, I feel. Like, there's, it's just, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. And they kind of, they've, they've broke the fourth wall multiple times and broke kayfabe. Absolutely loved it. Um, just every aspect of each person's career, just uh, going at each other. And Bray, if Bray's the one who's choreographed that, that's absolutely insane and I think it's absolutely brilliant yeah I mean it was it it went on for about 15 minutes and I think it was something that we've never ever seen before I think that that's fair to say um what what do you think this is the future for Bray Wyatt and The Fiend well no I feel like I feel like it's kind of once once he's done this once then repeating it it'll just kind of feel like a rehash uh, the Fiend's matches are, are fine as they are. I feel like the, the way he does them, the way he just kind of decimates people, just uh, kicks their ass, you know. But this this was a warm welcome, mad welcome it with open arms. I think more cinematic stuff should be used in WWE, but it should. I, I had somebody talk to me about it. They said that uh, they think that it should lean more towards that full time rather than being in a ring. But I, I disagree. I feel like wrestling will always be in the ring, but. It should definitely incorporate these sort of things much more often because they're absolutely brilliant. The two this weekend were amazing. Yeah, but I'm, the the thing I, I'm not complaining because I really enjoyed the different the difference of it and having something a bit different from just being in the ring after watching such a long show. The thing, obviously, the Undertaker Styles one, which we'll get onto later, that was a fight. Yeah, it, I, obviously, it was put together. Yeah. You can see, but that was a fight. This one here wasn't a fight. So, for the casual wrestling fans that were watching WrestleMania for the first time this year, what do you think they would have made of it? Because do you not think they would have been a bit confused? Oh, yeah. Well, my brother came down and watched it, and he used to watch it with me when we were, like, nine years old. And I, said, I told him John Cena was wrestling. He was like, all oh, right, let me know. Let me know, and I'll come and watch it. And he was just, the whole way through, it was like, this is so weird. What What is this? <laughs> I was just like, well, you don't really know Bray Wyatt, do you? He's like, no. And I was like, well, it's his whole career. It's going through all his whole career. It's going through all John's career. Because he doesn't know, he doesn't have the knowledge I do. He doesn't know about the prototype and shit like that. Mm. So for, for somebody who's not, who's unaware of wrestling, that whole segment is just over their head, just complete utter bollocks, you know. <laughs> but I I absolutely loved it. And uh, just even, even the little things like... Uh, he played Cena's promo where he was like, 
uh, you were the most overprivileged, uh, overprivileged, uh, untitled, overrated uh, person in the WWE. But then in his promo, he said Bray Wyatt. However, they cut that out. So it was, it, to me, it felt like they were referring to John Cena instead, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, there was there was a ni- there was a few nice touches um, to it. It was it was strange. I mean, like some of the images seeing John Cena beating up Bray Wyatt, and then suddenly it was Husky, uh, Huskus the pig. Um, but some unbelievable moments and some unbelievable storytelling in that whole segment match in in general. Um, there's one thing I want to centre on. The Fiend has a history of when he's beaten his opponents. For the Miz, he went back to being John Morrison. Daniel Bryan, he went back to being his good, 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 good underdog um, face character. Um, when he beat Seth Rollins, Rollins went back to being like this sort of heel. Uh, with John Cena, is the future of John Cena? Is he going to go back to being the Doctor of Fugonomics or something? Uh you know, I could I could see him just going away for a very long time, like never like never coming back again. To be honest, because he's 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 gone back to the Doctor Thugonomics for the odd thing every so often. It's like it was it was good in the early two thousands, but now it's just kind of a bit of it. Oh, that's very funny. So I don't I don't feel like they'll give him that full time because he's not a full time wrestler, is he? So he'll he'll come back every so often, but probably just to do his little Doctor Thugonomics thing, you know. Yeah, probably. Uh, right, let's move on to from one cinematic match uh, to another. So the main event of the Saturday show, Ben, was Undertaker against AJ Styles in the first ever Boneyard match. What have you given that one? I've gone for an A. I know Brogan would have probably given this one an A star as well, as well as the Firefly Fenhouse match, but I've gone for an A. Uh, for me, everything went well. Um the only thing that stops me from giving it an A star is the f- I would have liked to see all three members get more tortured, but Gallows and Anderson, we know they got involved, but they didn't really get involved as much as I thought they would. So for me, that would have been a better ending. And Take take is a weird one. I, I like that match so much because he went back to his early 2000s kind of gimmick when he was uh, a biker. So I did like that. And I did like the um, the chatter amongst the match. They were throwing out insults to and from every time, say, when Styles was on top and uh, Taker was on top. They were throwing out the abuse, which is good. And I also liked when uh, Taker said, uh, what's, my, what's my name, AJ? What's my, what's my wife's name? And then AJ just sort of like that. I did, I did like that bit. Yeah, there was some real good moments with it wasn't just a, an absolute brawl with some good cinematic moments I think it's something that the Edge and Autumn match I think could have added in there was, it was quite silent not a lot of them were talking when they were talking they were whispering in each other's ears um, so I, I kind of like the, the shit house sorry from uh, The Undertaker and AJ Styles um, you referred back to Undertaker going back to his uh, American his American biker gimmick um, no American badass should I say Um do you think he's going back to that, or do you think he's going as Mark? Because after it finished WrestleMania, it aired the um, documentary, I think the first 30 minutes of the documentary, or the first episode, I didn't stay up to watch it, but of um, from 2017 to 2020, of them filming Mark Galloway's um, kind of every move, 
Do you think he's going to... Well, he's obviously kind of said goodbye to the dead man character. Do you think he's going to go back to the American badass gimmick or do you think he's going to create a new gimmick of just being Mark Galloway, The Undertaker? It's a really tough one, isn't it? Because you've got to remember The Undertaker's getting old now. He's probably not going to be around for much longer. I'm not sure they would have time in this situation really to create a new gimmick. I think now seeing... Well, you get the most viewers at WrestleMania, don't you? So now plenty of people have seen him back as the American badass. So I think the easy option would be to keep him as that until he goes and retires. I personally would like to see him carry on with his uh, f- full real name, but I'm not sure if it's realistic creating a new gimmick at this stage in his career, personally. Brogan, your thoughts on, on the match in general and the whole situation with The Undertaker? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would have given it a, an A-star. But... Um, it's the it's the toughest Undertaker has looked in years. He didn't seem like a frail old man, apart from obviously when he's on the floor panting. But like when he was when he was fighting, he, was, he looked like he was he was a tough son of a bitch. So also you can you could play it you can easily play a drinking game. Take a shot every time AJ says old man, and take a shot every time Undertaker says bitch because Jesus is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I, don't get me wrong, I do like Metallica. But I was kind of annoyed they didn't have Limp Biscuit rolling when he came in on the yeah. bike. Yeah, that <laughs> but, disappointed yeah, I, me. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I felt uh, at times it was a bit cheesy, like with the, the whole Undertaker cross at the end. And uh, yeah, but and I did spot a, a wooden back of a gravestone at one point. But that's the filmmaker in me. But yeah, overall, absolutely loved it. And I feel like they do need to do more cinematic stuff more often. Yeah. Um... The man we haven't really talked about is AJ Styles. This is the main event of WrestleMania. AJ Styles played played his part, didn't he? He, he did. He did really well. He made Undertaker look like a threat. His shit house, he's talking, uh, was good. Um, what's What's next for AJ Styles? Because Ben, I remember you touched on it that you think Styles might go away for a few years, uh, not years, a few months now, and maybe come back with a different character. Yeah, well, I think what WWE want us to uh, believe now is that AJ Styles is dead and that he's going to come back from the dead and maybe be a dead man walking a bit like Taker. We don't know yet, but I think he will come back and stay as a heel. But um, it will be a different kind of heel. It will be a bit more... A bit more... I know Alistair Black's a face, but a bit more of an Alistair Black kind of feel to it. I think he will come back... I know you mentioned it in the last show as well. I don't. I, I don't think the OC are done as a trio yet, and I think it is maybe a bit early to pack that in. But I do think as well, Styles has got to go on his own for a bit to start getting more title opportunities. And I think he will. I think he will get a title opportunity this year when he comes back, whoever he faces. Yeah, um, Brogan. The question I have for you is: Can Monday Night Raw and WWE in general afford to go without AJ Styles for so long because he is their top star. I mean, the roster is lacking in dearth of real stars. He is an actual main eventer, uh, hence why he's got an elite grade from his match at WrestleMania. Can they afford to go that long without AJ Styles? I think they'll they'll get by, but it won't be it won't be good content. I think AJ's been the best wrestler for the last 10 years before he even came to WWE. And no matter where he is, he's, he's, able, to have, he's, he's able to have a match with a broomstick and just make them look good. He's, he's such a great in-ring performer, both on offensive and then like selling. 
Like he's so entertaining to watch. He's, he's got much better on the mic over the years. He's the complete package at the minute. And yeah, I feel they'll struggle definitely without him. But um, yeah, him in this match was absolutely insane. He was great at at being the bitch when he had to be the bitch, and then also the tough guy when he had to be the tough guy. And his, his entrance at the start, oh, I was howling when he came out of the coffin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it because when they pulled out the coffin, I was like, "Why, why?" I thought Undertaker was going to be American badass, and then it was class. Uh, yeah, right. absolutely brilliant. So for the ultimate main event, Brogan, it was one that went four minutes long, um, a bit different to most main events. Um, it was Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre, and we crowned our first ever British WWE Champion. What were your thoughts on that match? Uh, yeah, I, I found it. It was it was good enough. It was a standard Brock Lesnar match. It wasn't anything special. But you've got to realise that the Brock. This is to do with you not liking part timers, really. But Brock's the he's the final boss of WWE, and once you've beaten him, then you know that you've made it. And I think Drew now will be a force to be reckoned with because he's he's got rid of Brock now. I think Brock will go away for a bit, like he normally does. He'll come back around SummerSlam and he'll fight, I don't know, John Cena or something. Um, but, yeah, I think Drew's hes finally at that stage where he's the chosen one now. And I was, yeah, the, the match itself was a bit, it was just standard Brock Lesnar stick, you know, but I'm, I'm glad with the result, so I've given it a B. You've given it the mid-card hunky-tonk man who's uh, featured a lot tonight. Um, okay, so... Ben, you're a big fan of Drew McIntyre. He's one of your top um, stars of all time, I know, in, in, in terms of your personal favourites. Do you think he can carol, carry the mantelpiece of Monday Night Raw, of WWE, and be the face of the company that the WWE Championship champion really should be? Yeah, I think as Brogan touched on it then, I think it was the perfect match for Drew to go and win the WWE Championship. It had to be against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the man, as he said, you've got to beat him. To be the man, you've got to beat, beat the man, as they say. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Drew will probably be champion for a long, long time. Probably about the same length as Seth Rollins was, if if not even more. But I think as a face, we've got a lot more to see from him. It's gonna take it's gonna take someone really big to come back to really put some pressure on Drew. Possibly Styles maybe. But uh we'll see. He'll, his first maybe three or four title defences are gonna be against people and you you're just gonna know Drew's gonna retain. But then bring someone back like AJ Styles and you think, oh, maybe, maybe you might lose it here. So we'll see. I think it'll be good anyway. I'm really looking forward to it. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, you know what? I'm not, this can sound really negative, I'm still not entirely convinced on him being the top top dog in the company. I, I like him. I like Drew. I think I still prefer him as a heel, which I know a lot of people disagree with. I just, I just don't see this marketing figure that can perform like Roma Reigns has done or John Cena has done when they've been the the top man. Um I don't I don't know what it is. I I don't know what it is. Um so uh, it'll be interesting because a lot of WWE champions over the years you let's go back to someone who who is much like Drew McIntyre. Diesel he got a lot of stick for the company going down when he was champion. Seth Rollins in the the last few years 
the ratings weren't high when he was the champion. It'll be interesting to see whether Drew um, is going to carry on that support from the WWE fans or whether they're going to get tired of his act over the years. If you're booking the next feud for Drew McIntyre, so the next pay-per-view's Money in the Bank, who would you have Drew go up against, both of you? Oh, that's a tough one. That is a really tough one. It, if he's, he's obviously going to stay on Raw because I think the WWE Championship is going to stay on Raw for a while. I think I think this is what you want as well. I think Seth Rollins is a really good shout. I think Rollins is the heel and Drew as the face could be a shout. Um, possibly, I'm feeling... I've got a really weird feeling that I don't know if he's going to face Drew or if he's going to face Strowman or whatever the Universal Championship is, but I think the Fiend with the Money in the Bank contract could work really well. I think, you know, he comes out of nowhere. If he came out of nowhere, people might be spooked him off. Oh, is he going to cash in now? I think that could really work really well. But I think in terms of Drew, if Drew is going to face someone for the Money in the Bank contract, I have to say Rollins myself. Rollins, right. Seth Rollins is the option from uh, Ben Brogan. Who would you have as uh, his next dude? Oh, it's a tough one, yeah, like you said, but I don't think the Fiend getting the money in the bank would do anybody any any favours, but um, I mean, like, I can't remember if Orton's on SmackDown or Raw, but I think Orton versus Drew would be a great match because Orton he's he's been this top guy for ages and if Drew could get the one up on him and Brock it'd just cement him as just a top guy um, or even Edge if Edge wanted another shot at the title probably not Edge because obviously face versus face you wouldn't want to do but but Orton versus Drew would be really good I reckon yeah it certainly would um, I think they had a little bit of a feud before WrestleMania, before the Royal Rumble, heading into the Royal Rumble, and they had some real good matches and some good promos in that time. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what way WWE go. We have Monday Night Raw coming your way tonight, so um, it's a pre-recorded show. I believe SmackDown is being recorded in a private location, which is be I think it's being held in a, a state which is actually in lockdown, Um so I'm not too sure about that, WWE breaking the rules. Do you, do you think it's inevitable that we're going to have a bit of a break from sports entertainment for a bit, guys? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like they'll just rerun old episodes of just whatever they have, maybe even run some of the 24 series and stuff like that, just to fill time. But because they've been doing live programming for like 30, 20 years now, but obviously they can keep going but obviously with the guidelines uh, and the, I think I think some of the wrestlers deserve a break like even ploughing through this time at the minute when people are meant to be staying at home Vince has got them bloody performing at the top level um, but yeah uh, I, I can see them going on a break but they'll definitely fill in the hours with something I think yeah unprecedented times here in WWE Right, so guys, I'm going to give you um, the option, and well, no, I'm not going to give you any option at all. You're going to give me a grade of what WrestleMania is in general. So, Ben, coming to you first, what are you going to give it? 
Is it, is it mixed for me between maybe a B and a C? But I'm going to go for a C. I, I think it was a good WrestleMania. I don't think it was one of the best, but surely a unique one. But I think they've made the best of the circumstances. And as we've said all night, there were some good matches in there and matches that will rem- be remembered for a long time. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a C. Brogan? Um, I'd, I'd give it a, yeah, B, C, or maybe even an A. Um, when it was good, it was really good. When it was bad, it wasn't It wasn't terrible. So, yeah, overall, a uh, decent show and some stuff we've never seen before, so that's always good. So, yeah, uh, I'll give it a B. Yeah, so uh, Ben already bit going down. This is Simon Cowell of the uh, the partnership with him being the stricter one. Um, I would actually be pushed to going for the Louis Walsh and going for the A because I, I think with the circumstances they were actually having to do it under, with the backs up against the wall, they came up with some brilliant content. I mean, I, I, again, um, Ben, you gave a B, a mid-card for Morrison Cole for you, so I would have gone higher for that. Um and I, I think the cinematic matches, especially the Styles Taker one, which stood out for me, I think made the show and, and it gave it a bit of a different feel. Um, but I missed the positive, so I'm not too sure. So we've gone for an ABC there. Um, so finally, it's Raw tonight, guys. Usually, it is the one where well, it is the biggest Raw of the year. It's played in front of all these um, smarky WWE fans. It's not going to be the same, but. Let's hope we're going to get some NXT call-ups. Uh, we saw Bianca Belair last night. Brogan, is there anyone that jumps to your mind that's going to get a call-up? Uh, I could see Champer and Gargano, definitely. I feel like they've they've outstayed, well, not outstayed the welcome. They're both absolutely brilliant in NXT, but they, they need to come up now. They've been there ages, and they're the heart and soul of NXT, but then so was Kevin Owens, so was Sami Zayn. Eventually, you all need to come up. And I reckon they could have some great matches with some of the people on the main roster. Ben? Yeah, for me, uh, Rhea Ripley's a really weird one now because I, do, I think it's probably an obvious choice that she's going to go on, stay on NXT and have some big views with Charlotte. But there's also a little part of my mind that could think that she could get a call-up soon, maybe not tonight. But I could maybe see a, a, a trip, possible triple threat match in the future for the Royal Women's Championship here. Back with Baszler and Becky Lynch, I think that could be a really good match because we know the history Baszler and Rhea have had in the past. Uh, Austin Theory, I think he might stay for now until Andrade is back. I don't know if he will stay all the time, but there's there's not many I can think of. I think Champa Gargano is a shout, and obviously Bianca Belair. But apart from that, I think they're going to keep it quite minimal at the moment for me. Yeah, um, right. So, would you keep them apart, uh, Brogan? You said Champer and Gargano. Obviously, they've got a storied history. Um, would you keep them apart for now? Would you have one go to Raw and one go to SmackDown? Oh, uh, interesting question. I, I re- hmm. Well, they, they've they been together for absolutely ages, like on the same show, tag teams, feuds, all sorts. And, yeah, I'd, I'd split them up. Let them both shine on their own because... Champa could be an absolute monster on his own and Johnny's just like absolutely brilliant in the ring so he'd be able to get over in the mid card with matches against I don't know like Cesaro that'd be absolutely brilliant uh, so yeah I think splitting up I think I'd put Gargano on Smackdown and Champa on Raw 
Interesting stuff. Right, thank you very much, guys, for being on the second episode of the Kayfabe uh, Lab, which is um, a bit of a name change from the last one because of copyright issues. But, uh, yeah, it is uh, now called the Kayfabe Lab, and uh, we will be bringing you uh, uh, regular shows as much as possible. Um, see when we can do. Hopefully we'll get both of you on again, Ben Brogan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... Yeah, so make sure you watch Monday Night Raw, whether it's tonight or whether you put it on record and watch it uh, tomorrow. I, I would advise that because at three nights of staying up till four or five p.m., I, I don't, I don't advise that, and I don't think your doctor would um, either. So thank you very much, guys, for joining us. This has been the Cafe Lab, and this is our theme song.